oftentimes leaders fail because they their team truly doesn't know what the expectations are. So when we talk about responsibility-centered leaders, we're talking about people who, who understand that they have a responsibility to training their people. Welcome back to another episode of the Executive Leadership Podcast. We're going to be continuing the conversation today on leadership motives. We hope you have been enjoying this podcast conversation. Um, if you want to catch up on our first conversation, feel free to catch up on the last episode. It was a bit of a shorter episode, but it gives you a bit of a flavor of what we're going to discuss today. So hope you enjoy this podcast episode on leadership motives. All right. Hey, it's great to be back. The Executive Leadership Podcast. Today we're talking about it's good to be king, but few want to be managers. This is a continuation of our discussion about leadership motives. Travis? Yeah, you know, thanks, Steve. There's there's a growing concern with the significant number of individuals who who get that opportunity to to grow or, or, or step into a leadership position, a manager position. And when they do it, they they really develop the tolerance or or perhaps even an expectation that uh, they prioritize their own self interest as they're walking into that position. You know, many employees are almost they they've almost become numb to this of seeing that their direct reports and their or their boss um, taking advantage of uh, different things that only are really there for their own personal gain. And that, that's become a major issue. And many executives often are, are not willing to work and, and consider the ramifications of what they're doing. And what, they, what they're really doing is they're focusing more on what, what's good for them and not what's good for everyone on the team. And this trend of self-centered leadership is what we've been talking about over the last couple of podcasts is, is really driven by personal rewards. You know, it's all about thinking about what's going on for you and how this benefits you. But there's a risk that the younger generation will perceive this as as leadership. And a lot of people who are, are, are viewing this are saying, so this is what leadership looks like. It means I get the benefit. I get to, 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 to take advantage of all these things. And that is not what leadership is, and that is not really what we want to uh, – we don't want leadership to be perceived that way. So in this episode, we're really leaning into that, you know, it's good to be the king, right? Everybody loves being the king, but few want to do the job of actually being a manager. Yeah, that's so true. And and I saw this too, you know, working my way up in the aviation industry, you see the impression of these leaders, like really um, being self-centered, taking advantage of the perks and sometimes like obsessing over the perks and even stretching stretching the benefits that they get and um, that become when that becomes prevalent team members see that and you know you often get that impression you know once you get in that seat you know the perks are going to be great but not realizing that the perks is not necessarily the biggest part of the role it's actually the focus on the team and focus on uh, rather than focus on self and those perks become kind of second nature and it's not at the forefront you know the perks are great when you're promoted into whatever role whether it's your first leadership role whether you're in a senior leadership role the perks are great but that become those perks i think having the mindset is those perks are earned because someone believed in you and you were promoted to the next level but not letting those perks get to your head and really focusing on 
developing the team and you're there to lead the team. Yes, you are quote unquote king in your role, but you are there to lead the team and bring them through uh, and help develop them. Yeah, be be a, be humble, right? So, so Travis, what does it look like when we do this right? Yeah, I think it's really important for us to realize that you know, like you said, Cameron, there are there are perks to being, a, you know, in le- a leadership position. But oftentimes, well, what we're seeing now is that the the perks actually outweigh the responsibility. We they're so focused. We're so focused on how do we benefit from this instead of focusing on how do we allow our, our team members to benefit from this. And and really the first thing we want to talk about is is really about responsibility-centered leaders. And a responsibility-centered leader is like we talked about in the last episode, is that understanding that I've, I'm taking on the responsibility of being part, playing the part of as leader, and, and, and that I have a responsibility to make decisions that affects everybody on the team and not just myself. And when we when we lead from that position, we we take it with a we take a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more of a burden on us understanding that taking on leadership is is not just about the perks. And the first thing is responsibility centered leaders develop their own team. Hmm. Oftentimes, what happens with leaders is as they grow, and you see this at the executive level a lot, is they begin to pass the responsibility of elite of training their own team to other people. They pass it off on um, maybe someone who's a little bit further down the, uh, the org chart and say, you know, this person is responsible for, for training. But the reality is, is, is that you, as you train, you set expectations. And when you, when you pass that down to someone else, you're also passing expectations to someone else. And oftentimes leaders fail because they, their team truly doesn't know what the expectations are. So when we talk about responsibility-centered leaders, we're talking about people who, who understand that they have a responsibility to training their people. Yeah, and, and leadership is something that can't be delegated. I think I've, I've seen that, and I think we've all seen that, is where, where folks try to delegate leadership. And that's when that's when you see a self-centered leaders. They're focused on themselves. They want to enjoy the perks. They want to go out, uh, wine and dine. But really going back to what we're talking about here is responsibility-centered leaders is truly focusing on the team. You know, there should be, uh, once you're in that role, there should be a burden that, hey, you have a team to lead. You have a team to, you have uh, people that are relying on you as a leader. You have a leadership team that you need to support and build. And the first thing is, is really building that strong team for the organization and driving success. And, you know, it's more than, you know, assigning responsibilities or delegating them, but it's being intentional about focusing on the team uh, where you're um, putting in the time and effort and really putting in the time to focus on developing the team nurturing their skills, abilities, and seeing the potential and where you can stretch them. And and in the end, it's going to benefit you because it's going to help enhance your leadership because you're not only developing yourself, but you're also developing your team as a whole. Yeah, I think, it, you know, I was just actually having this conversation today with a uh, a service a service manager who, who, run, who works at a pretty large dealership. And 
we were talking about this and he, we were actually talking about training. And one of the things he told me was, he's like, I do the training. And this is a guy who's overseen 40 or 50 employees and could easily make excuses for why this needs to be done by someone else. But he told me, he said, the reason why I do training is I need to know where the strengths and the weaknesses are on my team. And that's where that awareness comes from. That's where you're able to figure out, you know, what's truly going on. And on the other side of that, he said he's also, it's like, you know, it's a quality control issue in some cases that, you know, before we let someone go or before we deem someone that doesn't fit, you know, our culture, we want to make sure that we've done the training correctly. So he says, you know, he takes a priority in making sure that the training is done by him and that way he can begin to know be part of that process and he also knows kind of what's going on on the floor every day and it starts with him being invested in that that takes time that takes effort that takes potentially time away from doing other things but uh, you know reward reward centered leaders are, are very quick to want to pass this off to someone else but then when that accountability is needed and and that those expectations are not met who can you blame but yourself yeah, that's so true. And I think one of the things is like keeping a pulse on every aspect of the team that you lead because you're going to have various departments. Um, and going back to your training example is like in the aviation world, like how many times have we seen situations and we were probably in some of these is where we're onboarded and you don't see your manager for until your 90 day check in. Yeah. Right. If you're on board. If you're on board. Yeah. <laughs> and and like your your manager not having a pulse of the training. And then sometimes, and we've seen this before, is when there's a mishap and you go back in the training program and you don't even know the root cause of that. And it's actually because your whole process and as a leader, you didn't have a pulse on that specific yeah. training process. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, another characteristic of like responsibly. Uh, responsibility centered leadership is being able to have those tough conversations. And that is a skill set that really has to, to, to d- develop as you develop as a leader, right? Um, it, it, it should never feel like you're beating up on somebody. You should never feel like, um, you know, you're demeaning anybody, you're putting anybody down. It should, you should build them up. You should help them understand why we do things a different way than what they chose to do. Um, why they might have to course correct themselves, uh, but you build them up, you empower them and you, you, you send them off out into the world. Uh, but that's, that's a, that's, that's a tough skill set to, to develop. It's something that, you know, I always, always work on developing for myself. Um, I think you, you, you stop developing that trait, you stop developing any other traits and, you know, you, you, you stop getting better as a leader. Right. So, so uh, Travis, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's very important that we have these tough conversations. And you know, one of the one of the things I appreciate about some of the best leaders that I've been around is they are willing to get uncomfortable and having those those tough conversations. And the reality is, is this is very important. And I t- we talk about this a lot in consulting and, and training and all the things that we do with with managers is that if if someone is in a meeting with you. And this is a it's a disciplinary meeting, specifically a meeting where they're potentially being terminated. The conversation should not be the first time that they're hearing it. Shouldn't be a surprise. Too often, people are are walked out door, walked out the door, and is the very first time they're hearing that they're failing. 
And I've seen this happen. It, it's it's something that's very near and dear to me because I've seen it so so many times. Is there's never there was never an expectation set, and it was probably because the, the leader either just didn't they failed to communicate and they they used it as a as a opportunity to 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 protect themselves. This is sometimes what happens often. Or they're very uncomfortable with having difficult conversations, and when their hand was finally forced and they were forced by HR or from someone above them to, to terminate, it was too late for them to then have those tough conversations. And the, rea- and the truth is, is, as leaders, we have a, an obligation to our people to have those tough conversations. You know, there's a, there's a younger generation that's growing up in this country, and as they develop and we complain about them and when we say all these difficult things about them, but one of the things that they talk about, and we're going to mention it here and again in a minute, is that they thrive on feedback, mm-hmm. and they thrive on uh, knowing where they stand, and um, they may not be a good fit in your organization. They may not they may not be there forever, but you're doing them a huge favor with allowing them to hear what they need to hear and being willing to have those difficult conversations, and some of the, the leaders that I look back on that I've had early on in my career, the ones I appreciated the most was the ones who were authentic and, and were direct with me when it came to those kinds of conversations. You know, Travis, you, you nailed it there, right? The way to have those difficult conversations, be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to be overpowering. It can be a two-way conversation, but be honest, be authentic about it. Uh, and I think people will take that more to heart and they'll, they'll find more traits to, to be able to, uh, be personable with you, be, be more friendly with you and and let your guard down. And then that message will sink in when you're honest and authentic with somebody. Yeah. I think accountability, it, it really starts with that, but I think there's always been a negative connotation with accountability and, uh, oftentimes, you know, with with what you said, Travis, is, you know, oftentimes people get terminated, don't even know it's coming, but people should know it's coming because you've done the due diligence, you've been intentional with your team. And, you know, accountability could be just having those simple conversations, like nipping it in the butt right away, rather than like having this thing just drag on and then it become toxic for your team and work environment. And, you know, uh, we've seen this in the aviation industry, right? Where people can get away with literally anything, and we've seen how cultures become so toxic because this one person or specific individuals they can get away literally with murder and on the team. It's so important to nip it in the butt early on. If if you just tolerate it, you're like, well, just having a bad day. That employee is, so I, I you know, I'm not going to address it with them. And by the time you get the third or fourth you know, series or, or occurrence into it, you felt like, okay, this is a recurring ongoing issue. Now I really have to you know, drop the hammer. I really have to be really forceful here. What's the first time the employees ever heard of it, right? It's the first conversation. So just being authentic, nip it in the butt quick, put it to bed and move on, right? Everybody will benefit from that. And I think showing that you generally care for the individual and your team members um, rather than having that impression, because I've seen this too, where, oh, this person's just out to get me. Yeah. Right. That you generally care for the person. And even if it ends up that person you have to separate with, that you still have the best interest for that individual. 
you know, one of the biggest discussions that's going on in the in in the work world today is how do we retain our top talent, right? That's the that's the thing. And you know, and, and there's one thing I always like to 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 always share up front when you start talking about retaining talent. And I almost don't want to share it with you because it's it's such a such a profound thing to think about, but it really pertain it really ties well with this is you want to retain top talent, you need to be having difficult conversations with your low your your bottom of the barrel your talent. Because mm-hmm. nothing will drive away your 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 cream of the crop, your your the best of the best, more than them having to work in an environment where poor performance is tolerated and, and there's nothing done about it. Um, you know, you can have a great employee who shows up on time, does what's expected, goes the extra mile, but when they're being treated the exact same way as an employee who shows up 20 minutes late every day and, and, is, and, and leaves early and, and doesn't treat the job with responsibility, over time, you will lose the people who are your high performers. So the question I always ask then is, you know, who, do, who would you rather lose? You know, we, we talk about staffing. Who do you want to lose? You want to lose your best, your, your top performer, who's your next potential supervisor, or do you want to lose the person who you're probably going to need to lose eventually anyhow? Yeah. So having those tough conversations is critical. That's an easy thing to do uh, to, to retain talent. So another really major thing we want to talk about is, is, is responsibility-centered leaders they manage their team members. And of course you manage your team members, but I have found that far too many leaders, they don't know what their people are working on. Like they're very out of the know on what their people are doing. Um, they, they come into this saying, you know, I'm not a micromanager. We've all heard that, right? I'm not a micromanager leader. And, and as therefore, and they use that as the cop out to not manage their people at all. You know, the reality is that this is often an excuse for not managing their people. They pass that responsibility onto someone else down the line. But when things go off the rails and things don't go the way they're supposed to, they're ill-informed and they don't know what is going on. So responsibility-centered leaders, they, they manage their people. While it's important that we have trust, absolutely, we need to be able to trust our people. That is not a reason for not managing people and knowing what's going on uh, with the people that you lead. Because in most cases, um, you're not managing close enough. And this one's a a very difficult balance. I know I've had I've had struggles with this in different environments because, you know, you want to know what's going on in every aspect of your team. Because you also report to someone as a leader, you report to someone and, you know, you have to have the answer. So there's that delicate balance of knowing what's going on with not only your business, your team, your organization, but also trusting the people that are supporting you. And one of the biggest challenges that I had is um, making sure that you instill that trust in your leadership team and you give them the bandwidth to be able to um do what they need to without providing that micromanaged direction and because you never know what can come out of that because i've seen situations and we've we've all been in this right where you give a certain direction and what they come out with you're like wow i never even thought of that or there's certain details that you never thought of and they've done even a better job than you would have if you were to do that on your own yeah so so i think 
you know, it kind of folds into, I think what Steve Jobs said, right? Hire incredibly intelligent people and then get the heck out of the way and let them do what they do, right? Don't tell them what to do. Tell them, hey, this is what we need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's you know, we've, we've, we've been a part of different processes where it's, you know, a weekly check-in, a monthly check-in, a daily check-in, whatever it is. But those check-ins have to be centered around, what do you need from me? I'm your leader. I'm your support network. I'm your cheerleader. What can I do for you this next week, today, this next month to support you in your mission, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, key, key trait of servant leadership, 100%. So Yeah, there's that that's that that principle that Marcus Lemonis has, uh, the three Ps, the people, product, process. You know, having the right people in place in the right roles, having the proper processes to deliver the right product. And I think um, being resourceful with your team, uh, equipping them because if you're not equipping them, that falls on you as leader in as a leader. So making sure you're equipping them, and also um, you know having that delicate balance of trust and verify, right? Because um, if you're if you don't have a pulse of what's going on, you trust your team, but you also have to verify. Yeah, yeah, it's so so important. I mean, and there's so much more that we could talk about, right? Yeah. So so tcadvisory.com, we we continue to have powerful, powerful discovery calls with our clients, uh, with potential clients and, and, and ongoing ones. Uh, we encourage you to tcadvisorygroup.com, uh, go to that website, top right corner, schedule a free discovery call. It is a phenomenal discussion that we have. Either the two or three of us get on with you and your team and talk about your pain points, talk about how we can best uh, support you. We talk about how we can best support your organization, how we can develop you as a leader, We're here to support, we're here to help, and we're happy to do it. We'll see you next week. Thanks. As Steve mentioned, if you want to connect with us and find out more on how you can pursue leadership development, whether it's for your organization, uh, yourself as an individual, or for your team, you can find out more on our website at tcadvisorygroup.com. Also, if this is the first time that you're listening to the Executive Leadership Podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on and uh, so that you receive notification when the next episode goes live. We hope you enjoyed this conversation on leadership motives and that it sparked some interest. Well, we thank you so much for tuning in to the Executive Leadership Podcast.